weeb and weebets, welcome to the Anime Coffee House. Uh, it's been a couple weeks, a month. I don't actually know how long it's been since our uh, last upload. Um, a lot's happened. So it's uh, just me, your usual host, Jacob. Uh, so we had a bundle of issues pop up. Um, personal, like, nothing crazy, just, you know, me and Nicole are both in college, so we, you know, have to deal with different types of schoolwork, and then I work, uh, and she's doing a, uh, work-esque thing for schooling, I don't know the details, like, I'm not, um, but I can definitely tell that she's very busy. And so it has been hard to try to get together and record anything. So she took a break and I was trying to find people to fill in. But like it's hard to mesh schedules when I can, like I said, with school and work, trying to bundle these things out. So I've decided to take Anime Coffee House into a slightly different direction and do it kind of more of a solo sit down, you know, shoot the shit, and just express my different feelings about, you know, anime, otaku culture, and even, you know, uh, anime-esque video games, JRPG, stuff like that, that I play fairly often. It's one of my favorite uh, game categories, or, like, type of games that I enjoy playing. Um, and I will try to get guests in as I can see fit, but... This was kind of a passion project for me to begin with. I have always loved talking anime, and I wanted a co-host to make it a little easier, so it's not just one man rambling his ideals about the deep construct of anime tatas and such. But nonetheless, um, if Nicole ever decides to want to restart if she has the time of course I will welcome her back since it's something we started together but until then I'm gonna you know try to bring on people to get their opinions but for the most part we'll do a little topic each week I'll ramble for about 45 minutes probably rant off on a side tangent crack a couple jokes but I'd like to really uh, build a community that is open with really how do I how do I phrase this but it's it's not I don't want to say bullied but like all different types of fans are welcome um I I've, I've seen a lot in the anime and otaku community where people will get you know, shit on or talk down to for liking certain types of anime or certain anime. SAO, for example, like Sword Art Online gets so much hate when it has issues. And I won't lie about the issues that it has, but it's not as bad as people like to say it is. People just enjoy hating on it because it's a popular thing to hate. Um, and I don't, like, I don't hate it. I don't love it i liked the first season a lot i thought it had a lot of good stuff there but it kind of went it just kind of hit a downhill slope 
that just kind of got steeper and steeper. And, like, I watched Alicization, and think it had a couple ideas that were good, but it was still mediocre at best. But there are people who absolutely love that anime, and I will never judge them. Like, you can pop shots here or there, like a friendly jab, but for the most part, I want to build a community of people who can talk about their favorite shows or their favorite games and not be worried about, you know, somebody hassling them or giving them shit for what they enjoy. Like, we all have different tastes, and it's... We're not going to always align. And you can, you know, have a conversation about, hey, you know, I don't like this, and here's why I don't like it. And then that person be like, oh, well, this is why I like it. And you can have a, you know, a nice, genuine conversation about it. But not be arguing or attacking an individual for their certain taste. So I just want to build a community where we can do that. And not, so people just aren't afraid to share their opinions. And they can have people to talk to that, you know, do share a like opinion. Because it is fun to talk anime. And anyone who watches it. Uh, it's even it's just fun to talk about anything you enjoy in, in general. If you enjoy sports, it's fun to talk about sports. If you enjoy, you know, academics, it's fun to like try to outwit other academically inclined people. Whatever your niche is, it's it's fun to talk to people about it. And anime is definitely growing in popularity. Watching it. Different types of games. that they're Even live action western culture. Is taking stuff from anime. That you know has blown up. And using these different. Whether it be writing tactics. Or even just playing out. Taking stories. And taking them to Hollywood. Like they're trying to. It, it's definitely becoming more of a. It's not a niche thing anymore to like anime. Like, when I was growing up, you were a nerd and you were a weirdo. And it was like, people viewed you in this weird uh, light. They think, like, it it was just a thing for Asian kids. Like, it was just, that was, like, just the, the way it was viewed. And so, even for myself, someone who liked it, I didn't know how to talk about it, you know, like, I didn't accept that I liked anime until later into my high school years, and I realized, okay, like, this is just stupid, like, why act like I don't like something when I do, and so I just embraced it, and then I've gone to a deep dive, and now I will drive around town with the windows down and blare some Japanese music, and old people look at me funny, but I just look at them, and you know, well, what are you going to do? Like, it's it's what I enjoy, and I'm not afraid to express it. So, there's that, and that's just a little tidbit I wanted to get out there. So, um, I do want to talk about a topic today, and the topic that I've, I've thought about multiple times, and I've talked with people about, and this is... Part of the reason why I think it can be hard for newer people to get into anime. And it is the anime tropes. 
Now, everyone always talks about, like, the good gateway anime and stuff like that, but I think for some people, even though there are good animes that don't enjoy, like, don't have these tropes that people can watch and enjoy, like, a lot of people enjoy Death Note because they like the intellectual mind games going back and forth. It's not, doesn't have, like, the same, um, like, image as the normal anime would, as people would view, like, most people just view anime as hentai without sex. Most people who don't know what it is, to them it's cartoons or hentai. You either a childhood thing, that's something that people watch when they're kids, or it's hentai. And that's just not the case. And for the most part, there's a lot of really good stories out there. A lot of really good animes. And I think these tropes sometimes bring down really good stories. That otherwise, like, if you cut some of these tropes out, it's just, like, a masterpiece of storytelling. But certain anime tropes that, you know, we enjoy as otaku and weebs. That, you know, the random person can't enjoy as much and for example one of the things that is in anime that I know that bothers people when I hear people talk about it is the over sexualization of teenagers 14 15 16 year old girls looking like full adults and as I understand what what they're trying to say when it comes to western like we're in the Americas and stuff like that it's you you know, 18 is legal age, and so anything about under that is illegal, and people get, you know, feel iffy about it. But I try to explain to them that in Japan it's not like that. So the people who are writing this, I don't know the exact, I think it's 14, is the legal age of consent. So to them, these are adults. And then the other thing I've talked about before is they start, their schooling system is different, and they start later and there are times when they're talking about their first year of high school their second year they're actually older than say I was in my first year like my first year I was 13 to 14 where these kids would be 14 to 15 second years you know 16 to 17 like they're or 15 16 17 that type of thing so by the time that they graduate there are 17 to 18 same as us but it's just like a different outlook on things and that doesn't like if you can't look past it like I don't blame them for it but that is just one of the big things that I think turns people off of our love and enjoyment for this type of media um, but you can also look at it as they are drawn as adults and it is so you can you can view them as adults because they act like adults for the most part not always you have the the moments where they will do another trope where they kind of have the naive child aspect of say relationships or friendships or even just you know like a rival friendly enemy type thing well it can be kind of childish and they do their they show their age more often than not 
But there's just one trope that I think it's probably the major thing that turns people off. But one of the other tropes that turns people off that could be negative is the overly sized tatas in most anime. And I'm male. I get it. Like, I understand why they do it. I understand the sexualization and the way that they can sell the characters and it arouses the men of their culture. Because in Japan, if you even just as a you know, a culture, the Asian culture for women, they're not the bustiest, they're not the um tallest or thickest type of, of women out there. So of course that is what their men dream of because it's something they don't get as often compared to the mixing pot of America where we see all types of body types. So we, to us, it's just kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. But to them, it's a different, you know, it's a different culture. They see things differently because of where they live and just what they're used to. Now, as the world becomes more of a mixing pot and you see less of it, and there's good shows that have come out recently where they've kind of cut back on that over-sexualization or... I can't even say that they cut back on it. Like, they still will sexualize with female characters. But they don't do this unrealistic body type. You have shows like Winter Girlfriend where every character isn't... They have scenes where they, like, they overdo it a bit. But for the most part, they're very traditional body sizes. Um, Hori Mia does very traditional bodies. Like, it's... These newer anime are very more... Tra- they, they're more... In portraying a realistic body type. I think that's part of the reason anime is becoming bigger now. Is because that's not a um, a turn off anymore for a lot of people. Like Because it's not there. Now you still have your comedies. Will have that character or two that still fits that trope. Or your uh, harems where the characters fit those tropes. And I enjoy those. I enjoy them a lot, but I don't, that's one of those things that I personally just, I don't see how, why it's needed all the time, like there are shows where every character is just like double F cups, if that's even a thing, it's just like unrealistic and it just doesn't even look appealing, it's just kind of like this is really weird, like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, and then, so it's just, I can see those being turnoffs, but some of the tropes that I enjoy that I think make anime better is the things like I don't know, it, basically the same trope that's in any shonen anime, and it's you know be the best like no one ever was. Whether you're trying to become Hokage or the Pirate King or the Wizard King or just trying just being the best version of yourself. I think it's a good you know thing to get out there for young kids and young teens to to get in their head is to try to be the best version. And as somebody who has depression and deals with lack of confidence, it's like trying to be the best version of myself is definitely something that I try to do every day. And so I think that being pushed in to the front of people's minds 
is a good thing. It can definitely be a bad storytelling element. Like, because, especially in Shonen, like, it can definitely be a, uh, a crutch that they lean on too much. These ass pulls and these plot armor moments because the character has to be the best at some point. So they're all whoever is better than them, they're eventually gonna surpass. Where in real life, you know, it, you're not always like you're not gonna. There are people who have such an advantage. You probably you're never gonna surpass them. And it's not due because of lack of trying or effort, but some people just start at different points in life, and they push it to the point they can get to it, and you're just never going to be able to always get to that, that point, or say, for example, if a kid is born, and they are from a poor family, that poor kid can get to be a rich guy, but not a wealthy family. No, I mean, he spent his entire life to build up money, and he is now rich, but he's not wealthy. See, because the difference and it's something that Shaquille O'Neal has said, or someone said to him that I saw in an interview, is the difference between being rich and being wealthy is, yes, when you're rich, you are stable, and maybe your kid will be stable on just that money. But being wealthy means... The kids of your kids of your kids of your kids of your kids are never going to have to worry about money. So it is nearly impossible. Not that it doesn't happen. You have people who do, you know, hit that once in a lifetime idea that just blows up like Amazon and Jeff Bezos where you make $200 billion and now you're wealthy. But that isn't something that is achievable by every person. And so having like that goal of understanding what is achievable and what isn't is good. So trying to be the best there ever was is kind of sometimes out there. But being the best version of yourself is definitely a good thing that comes from that trope. And of course you have the fun tropes. You have the character tropes like the tsundere and the yandere, and the dere dere, and these different types of girls that are fun characters. They are easy ways to make fun characters that relate to people or just a type of character that somebody likes. I tend to like the tsundere's and like the more aggressive female characters because it's just, as a person, that is what I like. I like a girl who has sass and is going to push back because I'm very sassy myself in a way like I I'm very witty and I will I, I like to shit talk and so having a girl who is equally able to do that has always been a turn on and so a lot of times a sooner a character who is witty and snaps back and even though you know how they feel you know that they you know may like the character like you like it still f- like has that it's a very natural and fun um character trope it's way overused and it's not always used the best 
I can agree to that. Like, not every tsundere is equal. You have characters like Taiga from Toradora, or one of my favorites. I don't know if other people enjoy it, but I enjoy Ren from Fate Stay Night and Limited Blade Works and Heaven's Feel and just Stay Night in general. I enjoy the Ren character and that type of tsundere that is done very well. Now, of course, you have... I can't even think of a bad one because... I normally like them, and if I don't like them, they're not going to register in my memory because I didn't like them, so it's like, ugh. Like, I'll put this as an example. Early Black Clover, Noelle's Sundere-esque, was very annoying. She definitely grew into a better character later, and that she still had the same character outlook, but it wasn't she wasn't just a tsundere for being a tsundere. And so that is where the trope can get out of hand. When a character is is just, you know, a happy-go-lucky girl all the time. They're just, like, angry all the time. They're just, you know, this one type of feeling. or this one type of character, emotion, development, mentality, whatever you want to call it. It can be the same for, say, I don't know what they what they call them for, like, the male tropes, if they have the same trope. But we have the same characters like a Deku, who's just always wants to do the good thing. And he doesn't, you know, he toes the line of, like, okay, I'm going to break this rule, but for the good of people, it doesn't, doesn't toe the line of, like, oh... I'm willing to kill this person because of what he could possibly do. Now, for that example, I know. I know where the anime, I know where the manga's going. I know that that's something that's going to get addressed. And that is also another thing I try to bring up to people when they're watching anime for the first time. Is some of these shows can go on for three to four hundred episodes. Anime is basically soap operas for men. Like, it is just like bits and pieces of a big overarching story that is just slowly developed. And some people don't like that. They want everything right in their face. They want they like movies. They want a two hour story. You know, get in, get out. You know. And other people like me and other people who watch anime enjoy that slow burn, getting to, you know, grow with the character. And that is like, another trope that people don't like about anime is, like, that main character being bland and boring because, in all reality, most main characters in any anime are, are kind of bland because they're meant to be open interpretations of what you want that character to be. It's some They're trying to be a character where you can see yourself in said character. So, that is why they're blander, and that is why they don't always start out as, like, these super in-depth characters like they would in, say, a movie or other shows or other media, you know, outlooks. And some people just don't like that. They want things, like, put in their face. They want you, they want to know what the character is like and then grow with the character instead of, like, growing with the character from a blank slate. 
now it's not every anime and every character, every starting point, but there were a lot of shonens and a lot of other shows, especially in the past, that used to do that. Now, I don't think it's a issue as much anymore. Like, anime is changing. I think shows like Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, I think of like other popular things, even say something like Code Geass, where you these characters Lelouch is interesting from the start. You you have an idea about his character. He's not a blank character. He has a past. He has ideals. He has a reason for what he's doing. He toes the line. He has good intentions, but a I'll do anything to succeed attitude that is very likable and interesting. And so he's a very well-written character. And more of that is coming into flow. So you have characters like Tanjiro, who is probably my favorite main character of any shonen, because he doesn't want to be the best. He doesn't want to, you know take over and be like the leader of the Demon Slayer Corps. He just wants to save his sister. Like it's it's just single focused. I will become as strong as I have to be to save my sister. And that is that is it. I wanna help people. Not only do I want to help people, but I wanna help the demons and the people that became the demons. And he has a good heart, but he has a diff he has a set of this character is a generally kind-hearted guy, and you see that from the get-go. And because of that, he develops these relationships with other characters in the show, and sometimes changes their outlook to what his... Maybe not exactly to how he feels, like a lot of times in anime, like, these characters will make these flips, and they'll just believe exactly what the main character tells them to believe. And that isn't always good storytelling, where something like Demon Slayer doesn't do that. Tanjiro changes people a bit, but they're not. Like, they still have the same outlook, but they're more willing to, okay, I see what he's saying, and I see what he is doing, and how it is a changing society and the world that I live in. But I'm still iffy about it, and I'll give him a chance, but I'm still going to keep my guard up. And that is definitely seen more in Jujutsu Kaisen. It's a very similar thing where like Yuji just wants to help people because he knows he's gonna die no matter what. Like whether he kills himself or the Jujutsu world kills him, he's gonna die. So he wants to do the best that he can, but there is these boundary lines and his you you know what his character reasons are. And it is I wanna Get strong enough to either I don't have to die, or at least strong enough so that when I get to the point where I have to die, I did enough good that my death isn't meaningless. Which is something extremely relatable. We all want to help people and feel like when we die, it was a meaningful death and our life was worth something. And these different topics that are written in in the newer shows are definitely more interesting and they can still take these tropes and use them in an effective way 
that doesn't turn people off. Um, because I know a lot of people hate the harem trope. And at times it can be annoying. Like, I understand the frustration where it's... Does it make sense for all these girls to like one guy who's normally kind of a piece of shit? For the most part, like, this guy is, like, just kind of an asshole. Like, for example, of a show that's doing it that does that, and they do it in a good way, and I enjoy it. And I recently watched the second season, is The Quintessential Quintuplets. That's a... Uh, it's a rough one to say sometimes. <laughs> but, in that show, like, Futaro is a jackass of all jackasses. He is just a cocky, arrogant guy. He shows signs of caring, and he shows that this is, it's, it's, it's kind of an act, and it's a wall he puts up to protect himself, but it's still, like, even the girl state, why is it you? Why do I like you? You're a piece of shit. Like, you are an awful human being, for the most part. Like, you were just so mean, there's no reason for me to like you, but I do anyways. And that is just something that is in a lot of anime. Where either, like... And the show, like, High School DxD, for all these girls to just be head over heels, or even just somewhat attracted to Issei, it just doesn't make sense. Like, they all know how he feels about Rius, and they all know that, like, that is his whole purpose basically, in his new demon life. Yet they still try to get with him, and they still try to talk to him over, and they still are, like, obsessed with this little pervert who, like, sometimes does good things. But, like, just to even do that, he has to do naughty, bad things? It's it's funny, and that's why I enjoy watching the show. I think it's funny. But it just doesn't... Story-wise and, and character-written-wise, it doesn't make sense. And I understand that. But, like, I can look past those things where there's other, even people who enjoy anime sometimes can't look past these little, these little trumps and idiosyncrasies about the story and the show and how these things develop. Which is fine. Like, I, I can let a lot go in a show, especially when it comes to animation, uh, because even if, say, the story isn't top tier, but it's very artistically done well, or there's a character or two that I like, I can look past it and enjoy a show. Just purely because I enjoy one or two characters. And I watch anime for a really weird reason. I like it, of course, but I started watching it because growing up, I was in theater and I acted. And so I used to always watch people act. And I started learning these different tricks and things that you would do when you're an actor that made it really hard to watch live television. Because I would see these cues... And I would see these things, and it'd be hard to turn off that this is a show, 
and these people are acting, and I like I, I start breaking down and judging the show due to things that go on in it, whether it be different cues, uh, the way that the lines are said, their facial expressions in a scene, like all that. It made it hard for me to watch live action television. Now, I will never become an animator. And although I can appreciate animation and I can see bad animation, I can see how things can be better, I don't have the knowledge to see every little detail. And so it's easier for me to let loose and just accept whatever I am visually seeing in animation than compared to a live-action show. And... So that's part of the reason why I enjoy animation. And I've also just always enjoyed the fantasy genre that is not used as much anymore in modern media. It's not a it's seen in a lot of movies, but it's not a lot of television shows based in say medieval times where they use swords and and fight in that style, whereas in anime that's like one of the main things. Is this fantasy genre, swords and powers, and that's just what I enjoy in my entertainment. Like, don't get me wrong, I enjoy sci-fi and aliens, but for the most part, I like dragons and I like magic and swords and knights. So it's, and I, I like the way that anime can fuse modern society with the same fantasy elements. I find it fun. And even though, say, one of my favorite games of all time is Mass Effect. The Mass Effect trilogy might be my favorite story in all video games. And that's sci-fi. I still, in majority, enjoy that medieval fantasy setting. And anime gives me that, that setting. Um. But I can, I do have gripes with certain writing aspects, and this is a kind of a trope. It's it's definitely something you see more in um, in anime than other. I guess it's it's very similar in comic books, but the whole plot armor of characters where they get this random power up at the perfect time when they're about to lose or when the villain has every chance to win and every chance to to do this or even the hero sometimes has like every chance to just end all the suffering and they just don't do it and it can be like one of my biggest gripes and like I love Bleach Talked about it before. Talked about with Bill on here a lot. I love Bleach. A lot of issues with it. And one of my biggest issues with Bleach is they express in the show multiple times about spiritual pressure and how if you have so much spiritual pressure, anyone under you who can't even, who is not even vastly close to you, can't sense it. So that is why normal humans can't sense when. There are hollows and or reapers 
in the world of the living because they just don't have the spiritual pressure to sense them where some do, but for the most part, people don't. So when Ichigo goes to fight Aizen and he comes out of that gateway, I don't remember exactly what it's called, but he's done training with his dad and he comes out and he is so, like, so strong that Aizen can't even sense his spiritual pressure. Now, I like the little bit of where Aizen thinks he is the one that is more powerful, and that's why he can't sense Ichigo. Ichigo is so weak. But when he sure, like first realizes that, no, like Ichigo is just so much more stronger than me. And even after multiple power-ups, Aizen just couldn't even touch Ichigo. Ichigo literally just let him get hit with a, a black hole and just smacked it away. Of course, like, he hurt his arm doing it because he was just being cocky and was, he knew he had the final Getsuka Tensho, so he wasn't really worried. He knew no matter what he was going to do it. But I always had the issue with, is this, with why. It doesn't make sense that Ichigo, knowing he would lose all of his spiritual pressure, well, not all of it, but, like, most of it, to where he wouldn't be able to fight and reperform. And he was beating the shit out of Aizen. Why would you ever use that ability? There's no reason. He had no reason to do it. Could you imagine how strong Ichigo would be if he would have just beat Aizen in his base form? Which I'm almost positive he could have done. Because there's no explanation to state that he couldn't have done it. The final Gatsuko Tenshiko was the easy way out. But he could have beaten him. In his just his normal form right there. And that is always that's always griped me. And there are times when say the villain could kill the hero and they never do. Like a show like Hunter Hunter does it well where Um Like where Gon and Killua don't get killed because either they're like Killua's Natural instinct, natural instinct. I can talk. I know words. Uh, gets them out of some things. But you also have Ahsoka not wanting to kill Gon because he wants that. His whole thing is a good fight, so it makes sense. And they they do this trope a lot in anime where it's like, I want you to get strong enough to beat me. So I'm gonna not kill you. But if you really wanted this master plan of yours to work out, you want to take over the world, why would you ever let some young kid with vast potential get even close to it? I love these stories. I enjoy the development. But I just want... It, it, I always question it. I'm like, why? Why you gotta do it like this? Like, it doesn't always make sense. Like, and I don't want to, like, rah-rah Demon Slayer or anything. Because I have, like, this unpopular opinion. Or, maybe it's not unpopular, but it's definitely controversial. Where I think Jujutsu Kaisen is actually better than Demon Slayer. But I do think those two are changing shonen. But, when in Demon Slayer, with the, the whole breathing techniques and the different abilities, throughout the show... He has a technique for every, you know, 
instance that he needs it because he was taught by somebody who has had to develop these techniques because they've seen damn near everything that could come at them. So they developed these techniques to fight it. And they did development, the person before them did, and it's been passed down the line of techniques. Those make sense. A technique to beat somebody makes sense. If I'm playing football, as someone who enjoys football, if I know that my, like the team that I'm going against is a pass-heavy team, they're going to spread it out. They're going to have four wide, which is four receivers, one in the backfield. Like, my technique to stop that is I'm going to go into a nickel or dime, which is three to four DBs, so I can cover those receivers. And I want to have, if I if I can... I want to have one to two good pass rushers on my team to get to the quarterback because I know that they're going to throw and I'm going to have to have, I'm not going to be able to blitz because if I blitz, they're going to pick us apart with all the weapons. So I want to have this piece of a puzzle so that I can use it in this situation, which whether it be a pass rusher or the extra DBs on my team. It's the same thing if you're in fighting, if you're combat, if you're, a boxer or if you're doing MMA like you want if you see your opponent in this one-on-one stance and you know hey this guy likes to do like two quick jabs and then a hook or like they have like these little set combos or hey this guy is left-handed he's he's a nasty left hand like Conor McGregor he has you know Mike Tyson punching power where if you let him hit you once you're knocked out like when you go into these fights you're not just gonna run at them and let them hit you like you're smart enough to have these techniques to fight against the enemy and that's one of the things i very much enjoy about demon slayer is these each technique per fight that is needed and i think the whole ass pull of the fire breathing tanjiro fighting the 15th demon it, even though they never once expressed the flame dance before that fight and how he couldn't do it and he didn't understand it, I think they could have done that better. Like, if you would have brought it up in the past, like, showing that, like, his father was sick, but he was he did this dance and Tanjo just could never, never learned it completely, but he, he knew how to do it. He just hasn't, you know, perfected it. And then when he was able, in his dying moments, to see what the dance meant and visualize it into a new technique for his opponent that he is fighting. So he develops this new technique in, like, a dire need. Because, you know, humans do that. Like, we think of things when we need to. Like, if you get put in a high-pressure situation, you are often going to surprise yourself with what you are able to accomplish. Whether it be a mother lifting a car to save her child, or whether it just be a a ridiculous plan or idea to get out of a situation. Say, you know, someone's robbing a bank, and you just happen to come up with a plan in the highest situation to get them subdued. Whether it be before the cops get there or, you know, if there's some in there, you're able to come up with a plan in that high situation to keep everybody safe while also diffusing said situation. Like, humans do that. It's a very natural thing that happens. So, 
I enjoy that style of writing, and it's not seen in all of anime. Like, a lot of times it's just, I'm going to charge headfirst into this enemy who is stronger than me and smarter than me until he beats me up enough that I just, like, break my limits, come up with a new power, and I eventually, my bum rush gets through. It's, and it's fun, it's fine, it's fine, I enjoy it. But I can see the issues with it. I understand how that trope can be very annoying. Now, even if you watch a lot of anime, you can sometimes get tired of seeing this over and over and over again. Like, I get it. It definitely is an issue. But I think with, like, just that one example of Demon Slayer and how like I said, I think Jujutsu Kaisen is better than Demon Slayer. So, like, if you think... I thought highly of, like, just that visual scene. Like, Jujutsu Kaisen does a lot of the same things better and make more sense. And you have a character, like... In, in a way, I feel like Jujutsu Kaisen uses Yuji as a parody, but also a deep character to compare, like, what shonen protagonists are... And always have been. And that is just like a physically gifted kid. Who just runs headfirst into trouble. And somehow finds a way out. Now when you have the um, Yuji vs. Toto fight. And Toto is explaining to him like hey. You can't just run headfirst into everything. Because you don't know what the opponent is capable of. And you could get yourself killed. And he starts to teach him and train him on how to rationalized thinking while still using that willingness to go headfirst in the danger but thinking about it rationally how to use said power when to use it and being able to manage a fight like I don't remember the character's name um but the one curse spirit they fought with the one arm the white one with the horns. I can't remember the name. Her name. It's name. I don't know if the her or he and it. It's a thing. It's it's a spirit. Whatever. It's you know, you know what I'm talking about. But when they're fighting and Toto does the hand claps and they teleport around, like Toto's intellect and knowledge of how to fight and being able to break down his opponent is why that they were able to keep up and even win that fight. If they would just go the UG route and run in and just punch, punch, punch. They were surely going to die. They were severely outmatched in physical power. Now, of course, UG has, you know, um, Sukuna at him and he could possibly release it and kill it. But it's still, even if you have heavy regeneration like UG does or maybe something like Naruto does, you can't just run in head first. And because it's just not going to work. And that's something that they showed us early in Naruto. Where one of the reasons people like, you know, Naruto over Shippuden. Is because in early Naruto, it was about technique and outwitting your opponent. Different jutsu of, you know, like substitution here, clone here. Like, oh, I tricked you. It, it wasn't always just raw power. Rasen Shuriken, charge at you, die. Hey, I'm faster than you, blitz you, die. Like, it wasn't always that. It was more of a technical 
fighting system. That is why people liked it. And that is why a lot of people don't like Shippuden. is because the technique isn't there. When you add real life battle techniques into a show. It makes it a lot more engaging and believable. And even though it's fun. And you, know, you can look past it. And you can enjoy it. Without that said technique. I can see the issue with it. And it is definitely something that I think about. And I break down and I watch it. I'm like, well, I think about these things. It doesn't affect my enjoyment of, of said scene. Or how beautifully animated it is. Or how colorful it is. Or even the implications on the story that it might cause. But it's definitely something that pops into my brain. But. I think I have ranted enough about uh, nonsense and different tropes. And if it, I don't know if I really accomplished anything other than ranting, but it is out there. And you understand what I'm talking about. Like, in all in all, anime tropes are what make it good. But it also is what turns people off. It's like my main point. Of saying and how and wondering how we can fix because I don't I think we can have every trope that we have in anime today still use them but just use them more effectively and there are shows that are doing this and I think that we are in the right track as otaku's and weeps we're getting we're gonna get better and better and better shows. We just have to, you know, give them time. They're going to try different things. Each These people, some people are going to try to go back to the way it used to be because that's how it's always worked. And you're going to have companies who are going to branch out and try, whether they try to addition, you know, add in CGI, which is, is something that's going to happen, even though I think it looks terrible. Like, I, I just don't like the way it looks in anime. I prefer the handwritten, hand-drawn animation that they do now you gotta be patient and eventually it's gonna catch up it's gonna look as good and it's gonna make the stories better so like we can you know criticize to an extent but always remember you know how hard it is to write a story especially the long as long as these stories are that these manga writers write he's um how hard it can be to animate some of this fantastical um, art styles and appreciate the work that is given to us instead of expecting this perfect show to come out every time. I don't believe that there will like ever be a true 10 out of 10 perfect show ever whether it be animated live action done on a, a stage there's just no such thing as a perfect story because every story is going to have flaws just like every person has flaws and someone's going to see it but we definitely have to be more accepting of what we have and that's the main I guess main point of everything but thanks for listening guys and 
if you have anything to add about your favorite tropes or what you hate, you can uh, email me, us, at animecoffeehousepodcast at gmail.com. I will look at it, respond. Um, if you have anything to say, if we get enough people, eventually we'll start a Discord and we can make it easier to talk and and share these types of ideas and have these conversations that, you know, maybe in drench in, in deep in thought of little things about anime. And uh, it's just a test run, a trial. Things are going to get smoother, better, more coherent as I start to do these solo podcasts. So bear with me. But uh, thanks for listening. And I hope you guys tune in next time to the Anime Coffee House. Have a good night. Thank you.